Have you or anybody that you know been through something that was so difficult, so shocking to the system that it resulted in you just wrestling with with anxiety and fear in your life in a way that really crippled and impacted your life? If you've been there, you know it's it's like swimming in deep, murky waters that you're not really sure which direction to go. In today's episode, my guest, Amy Debrick, shares her story about how losing her firstborn son, losing her brother 16 days later, and then later getting a cancer diagnosis all worked together for, the, for her good to teach her how to step out of anxiety, how to step out of fear, and, and discover an overcoming beautiful life again. A beautiful life is possible even after hardship. And it's possible because of the Lord. So jump in as we share this story and don't forget to share it with a friend who you know might also benefit from hearing her story. All right, let's jump in. Hi, you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenna Lee Samuel. On this show, I bring the simplicity of hearing God's voice into everyday life in a no-nonsense, authentic, and super practical way. With coffee in hand and real life in our faces, let's do this. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me today at Java with Jen. I have a new guest on the show, Miss Amy Dabrick, and her story is incredibly compelling and moving and rich. And she is a story personally as someone who just overcomes adversity. And she's going to share really how the Lord taught her um, the beauty and the safety and the really life force of surrender and the role that that played in her path and in her journey. So Amy, thank you so much for coming on my show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you this morning. Oh, me too. Well, why don't you tell my audience just a little bit about yourself since they are unfamiliar with you to this point? Sure. So I'm a wife of 26 years. I'm a mom to four kids. Uh, Three are out of the house. One is still at home, which I'm hanging on to her. (laughs) I don't want them all to go yet. Um, And then I'm an author. Um, I'm a coach. Um, I'm a podcaster and um, just all the all the things related to writing and, and telling stories and encouraging women is right up my alley. So that's really my mission is to help women live with more courage and less fear. That's amazing. I love it. Well, and when Amy and I were talking uh, recently, getting to know each other a little bit, you know, she is fellow tribe member that <clears throat> values the the importance of hearing God's voice as she navigated through these seasons that she's going to share with you. And so I want you guys to listen and really hear like how she leaned into the Lord and just even be encouraged by how the Lord can take just potentially devastating circumstances or devastating circumstances and use them when we, when we walk with him, we trust him and we lean into that place of surrender, how the Lord can indeed take our ashes and turn it into beauty. That doesn't mean the journey is not hard. That doesn't mean it doesn't cost something. It will cost you something. Um, but walking through difficulty will happen either way. It's just better to do it with the Lord. And so, um, Amy, why don't you share about, uh, just your story, uh, how you got to this place where surrender and these other aspects of, of what you coach on and the things that you've wrote, written about how you came to those places. Your story is, um, just a really significant one. Well, thank you for that. Um, 
I, you know, surrender was not anything that was in my vocabulary before, Uh um, and mainly because I was wired as what I would call a control freak. And so my story really, my journey really began in my mid twenties. It was, um, a little over a year after I was married. And then our, um, my oldest brother had passed away Mm. and then our firstborn son had passed away relatively, uh, quick. Um, so it was within like 16 days of each other that these events happened. And, um, and so that really just catapulted, um, just fear and anxiety and and worry. And it just lingered for like 14 years, almost 15 years. And then, um, it really took, and I, I, Jenny and I talked the other day and I said, you know, God was extremely patient with me. So grateful for that. But I was a little slow to the game. I was a little, uh, you know, he had to hold up a lot of signs and signals along the way and for me to catch on, but I needed something really uh, significant to get my attention. Because if you are somebody who gets in that hamster wheel of anxiety, which mine was, and it was very private. If you saw me on the street, you would not know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, internally I was suffering for sure. And, um, so I needed something really, I think, significant, or he felt like just something that needed to happen in my life to get the attention to make a decision, a final decision. If, if I was going to continue on my own path of trying to control everything to make sure that you know I was healthy, my kids were healthy, that we were all good, um, or I was going to trust him. And, um, so when I turned 40, I say when most people were getting, you know, planning their midlife crisis, um, I received a cancer diagnosis and that diagnosis, um, I obviously don't consider flippant, um, because it it does deal with cancer and there's a lot of, you know, when you're dealing with your own mortality, it is a game changer for sure. But that was the first time I think I paused and was able to surrender and that was because I, I think I had a willingness at that point to not keep going my own way. And so it was in that moment, that was the first time I had ever really heard God speak to me. I'm not saying he hadn't in the past, but it was the first time I had the ability and willingness to listen to him above all the chatter going on in my mind. And it was, are you going to trust me or are you going to just keep doing what you're doing? And so in that moment, I surrendered it all to him. Um, and it's just changed my life. And so, you know, when I say that it's not a one and done, I don't want people who are struggling with anxiety to feel like, what if it were only that easy. Mm -hmm. And I get that, you know, for years when I was in the thick of worrying, I would sometimes share things with my husband and, and nothing against him. But when you are somebody who is not wired in that way, um, it's hard to live with a person who is and really understand and how to comfort and support them. And so he used to say things like, well, if you just stop worrying about whatever it was and it was like, well, yeah, I know that, but how do I do that? And, and so it really was that willingness to let God take over that I, I had to come to that in my own time and in, in, in the right time and which I did. And so that was the game changer for me. That makes sense because really like what happens in the, in the mind and the heart, when we go through something traumatized and so much of it is like subconscious, even it's just the human wiring to survive that kind of throws us into these patterns. Um, but like when we experience something traumatizing, the default response is, 
is fear, but our brain is like, how do I create a pathway to avoid harm and find safety? And so our brain is trying to find a way to create a map in our head, if you will, of like, here's the lines, here's the paths, stay away from this one. But in that process, like our, the subconscious mind doesn't have judgments like moral, immoral, helpful, not helpful. It just is basic survival and response, you know? And so going into the place of, of control and worry is a, it's a human instinct to survive. Um, but that's where our higher self and our wisdom and our, um, self-awareness and, and understanding like God's heart and the way that he's like, Hey, let's not get into fear. That's not going to help you. Right. And so like having surrender is like, the opposite of living in a space of control and anxiety, but you're right. It is hard to know how to like make that jump when you've just, you're living in survival. Right. Right. And I think for me too, because I always say two things brought me down. One was control being a control freak. And one was my pride. Mm -hmm. I was somebody who was a non-sharer up until this journey in the last 11 years of sharing my story and putting it out there and what it all means and meant to me and how it can change your life. And so Mm -hmm. I lived in a lot of, uh, a lot of that space that I was living in felt shameful because I felt like I should be able to figure this out. Why am I still anxious? Why can't I? And I think a lot of uh, women feel that way is that they, they know that, and you know, I have the knowledge and wisdom to know that I didn't want to constantly feel anxious and, and worry and be burdened with fear, but I couldn't find my, my way out. Mm. And so, um, and I think that's where I'm so grateful for God's grace and, and, and it's funny, I I know it, that he's always with me, but that was just a moment for me where I can really um, give him the glory and and see and actually share a testimony of, this is a perfect example how God is always with you. It's a matter of when you are willing to take, uh, take a pause and stop and, and, and look to your right or left and know that he's there. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I say, you know, I... Uh, which is this comical because I'm terrible. If you knew me in uh, in real time or in in life, I'm terrible with uh, geography at all, any any place, any space. And I used to keep him in the passenger seat, and I was the one driving. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until I let him take the lead, which just makes sense all the way around for me. Mm-hmm. But most people, um, that's when I think your life can change, and it is a process. And there's no shame in the time that it takes you to get there. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing I think that holds women back is feeling like I did, like you're just not enough to be able to figure it out, and you don't have to figure it out. That's what God's there for. And I think the more we understand that leaning into Him is what really does just the opposite. It feels like we're giving up but really we're, we're letting the right person take over and lead us instead of us feeling the burden of having to figure it out and lead everything ourselves. Yeah, that's so good. I was, you know, it's funny. I was just talking to my sister yesterday about like how in my own, cause I've been kind of on like a, a path of inner healing and stuff the last few years. And I feel like all of the world has been on that path the last few years, to be honest. But um, I was telling her how it, it, it surprised me and I don't know why it surprised me, except that I'm a self-sufficient kind of woman, you know, that, um, and maybe even some, there's some religious thinking tied into it, that it surprised me how 
patient the Lord has been with my healing journey. And even when I'm like, okay, Lord, let's, let's get this thing done and move on with life. And he's like, it's okay. You, you still got a little bit more walking to do. It's all right. We'll get there. You know? And he like, does not rush the process. You know, he like right. acts like we have all the time in the world. And I have this little ticking, ticking timer <laughs> in the back of my head going, hurry up. You're wasting your life, you know? And, yes. um, but it just amazes me how he's like, he's not threatened by our ups and downs. He's not threatened by the emotions. He's not insulted by our anxiety. You know, he's like, some people are like, if you get into anxiety, you're not trusting the Lord and that's unbelief and you're out of faith. And they, they act like somehow we're insulting God, but right. he knows, like he understands and he gets it more than we do, you know? And, um, it just has astonished me and touched my heart how, how patient and how gracious and how understanding and how kind and tender that he is in our messy, messy journeys, you know, of trying to figure out life. He knows that we are but dust, Psalm says, right? right? And um, and it's just, I'm grateful for that. So what would you say to someone who say they're finding themselves like having walked through trauma, going through something difficult, and they're just like, uh, I don't know if I'm in a surrendered place or not. Like, I think I trust the Lord, but I still have anxiety. So maybe I'm not sure how, what are maybe some like really practical indicators that you could share about, Hey, this is when you know you're in surrender. And this is when you know you're not. Well, I mean, practical for me was just when I was in the thick of fear and anxiety, I was not in surrender. Mm -hmm. So it was as basic and simple as that. Now, one thing that I love that you just said, I think that like I had felt there was so much shame in thinking that I never, I, I've never at any time, even with my, the death of my son and my brother was a non-believer. Mm-hmm. I had always been a believer. And, and to me, the two didn't equate anxiety and being a believer. It definitely uh, grew my relationship with Christ when I was able to surrender. And I learned what that meant to really trust and lean into him. And I think that it's, it is a disservice when um, there's that extra layer when you're already struggling with anxiety and now you're fearful of um, judgment that you're not a strong enough believer because it's, it's, um, it's not necessarily, one doesn't necessarily equate the other. Yes, you, uh, you find your strength in uh, trusting God, but it is a process when you are, when you are going through something. And so I think you, there needs to be some grace there as well. But for me, uh, the practical, um, you know, tell all was when I was burdened with fear and anxiety, I was not trusting the Lord. And so I needed to really get to those crossroads to make a decision. What's going to serve me best here. And, and what, what, how does God want me to live? Does he want me to constantly be living in fear? I know I don't. And, and he doesn't, he doesn't want that for any of us. You know, he wants us to be able to trust in him. And what was interesting when you were even talking about your health journey is that, you know, it's the, it's the, um, I'm trying to think of the, I, I just heard this the other day. It's the process that showcases his promises. Mm-hmm. And we always want to rush the process, especially when it's a process we don't want to go through. You know what I mean? But I think you're right. I, I, he is, he is a kind God. He is um, patient so much more than we are, right? That's why he is who he is and we are who we are. You know, we want to strive for that, but he has to sometimes slow us down and we have to go through the process. And I had to go through the process. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, 
I, I don't recommend it, right? <laughs> it, you you know how painful and and long and daunting that was, and 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 the nights that you're up and just all of that. But if I hadn't gone through all of that, I wouldn't have been able to recognize his voice when I needed to hear it, mm-hmm. and and live out the calling that he had for me after that. So mm-hmm. you do have to go through that process. I really believe for the promise. That's so good. I just love that you use that phrase because I've already recorded an episode called the the process to the promise. It's going up somewhere around the time of yours. So oh, good. <laughs> That's great. You made a commercial for me. Thanks. Um, okay. So what scriptures like helped lead you back to that place of surrender when worry would start to creep up and you were like, okay, I need to shift again. Like where, what was your like mental process and what scriptures helped you? Well, my mental process in scripture was always um, Psalm 4610, be still and know, Mm -hmm. because when you are somebody who is, you know, burdened with anxiety, your mind is always running. You're not still, your mind is the opposite of still. And so it was always just a good uh, verse for me to kind of center myself back to his word and just try to calm down, you know, um, Practically though, on a daily basis, and even since that time, because I also like to tell people that when I use the word surrender, that's such a big word. And it's like, wow, I mean, it's just, that's it. You just, you just let it go and give it all to God forever. And yes. And no, to me, because I am wired that way, I know my triggers and it's a daily submission. It's a daily surrender. So, um, if you know, you're getting up and, and something is, you know, not the way you want it to be, or you're, it could potentially cause you to be anxious. It's a daily su- surrender to him. It's not like, oh, I did this once and I don't have to do it again. No, it, it's something that I need to lean into constantly. And, um, and then it becomes habitual, just like the worry default, what used to be habitual in my life. Now the surrender piece replace that. Wow. Yeah, that's really good. I love that scripture is really good. I think I was thinking of the, uh, another one of the cast your cares on him for he cares mm-hmm. for you. I feel like we all learned it in Sunday school, but then when you become an adult, <laughs> it has a whole different value to it. So what activities or disciplines, um, now you kind of shared that already a little bit, but I don't know if there's anything you'd want to add that did you develop that helped you stay healthier in your view of the circumstances. I mean, losing your son, I can't imagine losing a child, you know, and I can't imagine the, the different methods you probably had to develop to cope with those emotions healthfully, but practically, you know, and just moving through all of that. And and then alongside of your brother and then the cancer, like later, you know, like what were some like disciplines or some activities that helped you? Well, for me, um, being out in nature, uh, is a huge, huge healing factor for me Mm. getting the fresh air. Um, it also just immediately kind of gets me out of my own head. Um, so that was a very healing for me to be able to do that. And, um, I'm fortunate enough. My husband is very active. He's very outdoorsy. And so we kind of established that routine, um, even after having four more children with all of them. And so we made sure that whatever season we were in, we were doing something outside to really just be in nature. And um, there is something very cathartic about that. And it was very healing for me. Um, and, and in different ways um, with dealing with grief and anxiety, I also had to really pay attention to 
certain things that would trigger me. And um, it could even be conversations with people that I cared about. But if the conversations were too heavy, um, I would find myself um, later in the wee hours of the night revisiting those and and feeling fearful and um, taking whatever they were talking about and applying it to like what ifs. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I had to really pay attention to that for years with uh, who I was around, the conversations, what I watched on TV. Mm -hmm. For years, I I could only put on um, like a, a light comedy. Um, I, I couldn't watch news, anything like that. And so I think it's important also to just establish boundaries for yourself mm-hmm. and know what's a trigger and know what's actually helping you um, create more healthy habits. Yeah, that's that's honestly, that's really good self-awareness. <laughs> like the fact that you were you were paying attention, like how do I feel when I experience these different encounters and like being able to rule out what was going to tax you versus um, heal you. That's really important. That's awesome. Um, so was there anything specific that the Lord spoke to you that brought a lot of freedom or helped you shift more into healing? Was there a word that he gave you or, or a pivot point maybe? I think the pivot point was after that cancer diagnosis and he, you know, said, are you finally going to trust me? Mm. And, um, it was, I was ready. I was exhausted. And so those words meant more than anything else I could have even heard um, because that's what I needed. I needed the permission to let go. And I think when you're somebody who, and I think a lot of women in general, we're just wired. We, we wear so many hats and we're responsible for not only ourselves, but our families. And um, even if you don't have children, just, just, we're just caretakers at heart. And so um, I think I just needed the permission to let go and just be okay with whatever it was going to be. And I think that's just hard for us in general, but um, I welcomed it at that moment. Yeah, I can imagine. So now you've taken your experiences and you've taken your story. And I know I've heard a lot of people talk about just the healing power that comes from even sharing your story and, and pulling people into that process of healing that you walked through. It's not only personally healing, but then of course it allows your healing to bear more fruit because then it's helping other people. So talk to us about your book and your coaching program and all of that. Sure. So the book was the first, well, I had a different manuscript altogether, but God had laid this book emboldened on my heart. I co-wrote it with my oldest daughter. And really it was a resource that we felt um, just needed to be out there. You know, I think a lot of times uh, young adult women, and I know that it was my experience at that time in my early twenties, where you feel like you don't fit in and fit in, in the sense of when you are a young Christian woman, you're either identified as too Christian or not Christian enough. And so sometimes that creates its own level of anxiety of where do I belong here? You know, um, she, and so my daughter had witnessed this and was experiencing it herself at this Christian college when she was uh, starting her sophomore year. And we just thought, you know, maybe we need to create something that isn't out there. And it's not a Bible study and it's not just a devotional, but it's really something to set women up um, the non-believer or someone who doesn't really know much biblical knowledge or the girl who was raised as a believer and just needs to maybe reignite her faith. And so we wanted to allow and, and, and offer something that would really speak to both and, um, and set them up for with scripture verses, but give them the steps 
to feel brave and stepping into new things and doing more that God would have them do. And so um, whatever that next step is now, maybe for a new believer, it's going to church for the first time, maybe for the um, girl who is a believer, but just kind of, you know, took a step back on her faith and what she was doing, it reignited her. And maybe she's starting a, a Bible study with young women or whatever the case was, we wanted to meet them where they were, but we just didn't want to leave them there. Mm, that's really good. And then how does that play into your coaching? Is that a part of your coaching? Well, so once I started with Embolden coming out and talking about confidence and courage, I was just getting flooded with feedback from women on just different questions. Mm-hmm. And, and so I thought, you know, maybe it would suit me well to take this to a, a different direction and really let women, um, in one-on-one and, and really try to work with them. So I had created a, a course a few years back called the confidence course. And so the coaching is, um, kind of a thread off of that where now I will actually take on women, uh, one-on-one and we'll do coaching together and really walk through the process of what's holding them back and how they can get past those barriers. Wow. That's really good. And then does your podcast, uh, play into all of this as well? So the podcast is life on purpose. And I think, um, because for years I always say, I just went through the motion and I, I wasn't living at all. And so living on purpose just means living on God's purpose and, and what that looked like once I was able to, um, relinquish, uh, control and surrender to him. And then finally, you know, your eyes are opened when you're, when you're on that hamster wheel and you can't really see, and you're just going through the motion, you, you're not really present. And so living on purpose is all about being present. Mm-hmm. And, um, in that in and of itself, you know, I, I share tips, coaching tips, but I also have women on there that share their stories in, in the hope of encouraging and really, again, um, spreading more confidence in women, number one, to know that they're not alone. And, and this is somebody else's story and this is how they, you know, got through it. And, um, and, and it's just, I think we need that constant encouragement. And so that's what life on purpose is really meant to be. Mm, That's so good. That's so good. So if you guys that are listening, if you feel like, you know, I really resonate with Amy's story, I would love to get more direct one-on-one work with her. You can always contact her. What's the best way to get a hold of you? So everything is available on my website, which is amydebrick.com. If that name even sounds remotely too daunting to find, you can also <laughs> go to surrenderyourfear.com. It will link, it goes directly to the website and there you'll have, you can sign up, you can get my weekly newsletter. It has encouraging uh, tips in there. And I also have a free resource page where you can download and print any resource that you want. Um, there's a link to one-on-one coaching. Um, there's a free discovery call. So there's no commitment. People don't have to worry like, oh, if I do this, then, you know, what if I change my mind? No, there's no commitment worry there. Um, and then links to the podcast and all of that are right there. That's amazing. I love it. Amy, thank you for sharing your story because it's precious pearls and it cost you, it cost you a lot. And so I appreciate you taking that and sharing even just a glimpse of it with my listeners and so that they can be encouraged in their process as well. Um, But for those of you who are listening, don't go anywhere because make sure you connect with Amy, but she also got some life hacks for us and we've got that coming right up. Okay. So life hack segment, this is y'all's favorite. Amy, what wisdom do you have for us in the life hack section? 
So I have two life hacks for you today. Um, My first life hack is biblically related. So when I was younger, I always had a really hard time trying to um, understand scripture. You know, it's sometimes it's hard reading the Bible, right? Going through and, and I would read it and reread it and reread it. And number one, the one thing I did was I was reading too much at a time instead of taking a verse and really diving deep and then taking, you know, you know, the, the context and really understanding it. So what I just, what I had learned was I, every time I would read a verse or a few verses, I would put myself in the setting, in the story mm. of what that verse was. And when I did that, when I started doing that, I, I was able to have a better understanding of what I was reading because I was placing myself of what it would feel like to be in that time and in that place and witness what was going on. And so that was my life hack on, um, kind of, uh, understanding and memorizing scripture. That's good. Yeah. And then, that, you kind of, then you kind of experience it like yes. your imagination, you experience it with them. That's like, that's the power of empathy right there. <laughs> yes. It, it just, it was a game changer for me because I'm like, gosh, I, you know, I have a good memory, but for some reason, and it's not really for some reason, it's, it's hard and it can be overwhelming to take all that information in, especially when it's something that you're, it's so unrelatable for where you feel like where you're at right now, yeah. not unrelatable for what the message is, but um, so yes, yeah, so that, ha- that has really helped. And as far as like life, and if we're talking just vanity and nonsense purposes, <laughs> now that I'm over 50, I got a mini fridge and put all of my lotions and creams and everything in there. And, um, that's been a game changer for my skincare. Oh, really? Does that Okay. Cause I've been seeing those little cosmetic fridges. I've seen them mm-hmm. at Marshall's, you know, and different places. And I'm like, why the fridge? Like, I don't understand the fridge thing. Yes, because it cools it up. And so when you're applying that, and again, now for the 20 year old, you don't need, you don't even need it, right? It's not even on the whatever, but um, yes, it's just helped a ton on the texture and the puffiness and all the things that we are trying to avoid. It's been wonderful. So that's been my new hack in 2023. Okay. Good to know. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for that pointer. Cause I have I've definitely wondered about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's so great. Well, Amy, thank you so much for taking the time to come on my show and share. I know you have a lot of things you've got your hands busy with. And so I just consider it an honor that you spent the time with us this morning. Um, you guys make sure that you go and check out Amy's website at surrenderthefear.com or Amy DeBrook, DeBrook, DeBrook. So it's either surrenderyourfear.com or Amy Debrick. Yes. Or Amy Debrick. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes so you guys don't have to figure out how to spell it. And um, (laughs) otherwise, you guys make sure that you share this episode with anybody that you know that may be working through some difficult stuff or looking for what, what will bring relief to their anxiety. Maybe surrender is the missing key in their life as well. But so share this episode, um, but otherwise come back next week because we will also be having an episode on the process to the promise. And it is powerful, practical, inspiring, going to build your faith. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss next week's episode either. Way, either. So Amy, thanks again. And thank you. you. Guys, yes, absolutely. You guys have a great week. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say, hey. 
it's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Also, don't miss our merch store where you can get super cool Java with Jen swag and coffee. Find it at javawithjenmerch.com. Until next time, remember, hearing God's voice is simple and he wants to be a part of your everyday life. See you next week.